Choir, thank you again for your ministry. How appropriate for you to lead us in worship this morning. And the closing notes, speaking of uh, the Lord's return. He came once, he died on Calvary's cross, he ascended into heaven, and he's coming again. And those are things which are summed up by our worship hour this morning, and that is the Lord's table. I want to invite you to take your hymnal with me for just a moment and turn to the back of your hymnal to responsive reading, number 647. While you're finding your place, just a further word for me. Excuse me. Often familiarity breeds contempt. You know that just as well as I do. I do not know, nor can I calculate, how many times we here at Wake Chapel have read the passage that we're going to read this morning. It's a familiar passage. But the reason for it is the Apostle Paul is talking to us about celebrating communion. Uh, I won't ask for a show of hands, but I would wonder sometimes, do you feel like you could memorize or you have memorized and could just stand and quote the passage that we're going to read this morning? Probably not. Therefore, I take it that we can all do with a reminder, pastor and people alike. I need a reminder. What is this table? Is this just something that's perfunctory that we come to quarterly here at Wake Chapel? What's it all about? Who's supposed to come to the table? What happens if we come to the table in an unworthy manner? Is this passage familiar? Absolutely. Is it needed? I believe so. I believe so. It's a little easier to read because the print is just a little bit larger in our hymn book. And that's the reason I chose to read from the hymn book this morning. If we read from our pew Bible, which we would need to do if all of us are going to be reading the same thing, the print is a good deal smaller. So I chose to ask you to turn with me to number 647 in the back of your hymnal. And in honor of the reading of the Word of God, would you stand with me, please? We will read these verses responsively. Number 647, subject, the Lord's table. For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as oft as you drink it. In remembrance of me. Wherefore, 
Whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of our Lord. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. God always adds his blessing to the reading of his word. Thank you. You may be seated. Are you prepared to take your place at this table this morning? The new birth gives us the title to the place at this table, being born again. To be cleansed from known sin gives us the right to exercise that title. And the requirement for the believer to be cleansed from sin is confession. Most of the time I ask you because I ask myself before I come to the table, am I clean? Have I had the bath that's available in the word of God? I've trusted Christ as my Savior and I know most of you folks well, so have you. But have you come with your sins confessed? Have you spent some time yesterday, this morning, this past week? Have you spent some time confessing your sins to the Lord? Remember, if we say that we have no sin, we make... These, these words are horrible to me, even to hear. We make God a liar. I haven't sinned, just make God a liar. We have all sinned. So I ask again, have we individually had that bath of cleansing that comes through confession of our sin? Let's take time and do that now, whether you have or whether you have not. Let's take time right now and confess our sins to the Lord individually. You pray. I'll lead us in prayer just in a moment or two. Our Father, it was the Apostle Paul who teaches us, who taught us, That love suffers long and is kind. It doesn't envy. 
Love is not puffed up. It's not rude. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It rejoices not in evil, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things. Love is not suspicious. Love hopes always and endures all things. The same apostle spoke to us about love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and meekness, and self-control. These are the fruits of the Spirit of God. I'm reminded of Isaiah of old. His words were, Woe is me, for I'm undone. Mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And as a result of that, Isaiah said, And I see that I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Father, we confess that we have often known better than the things we have deliberately done. And there are some things that you want us to do that for reasons of sloth and coldness of heart we haven't done. Lord, you have promised that he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. We commit our prayer to you with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, I would like to ask our deacons to join me here on the platform. Lead us in prayer for the bread. Would you pray with me, please? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your love for us that is far beyond our imagination. We thank you, Father, that out of that love, you willingly sent your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, to pay our penalty for sin. As we observe communion today, Lord, and we, and we take the bread, we think of the body of Christ that was broken for our transgressions. And we thank you that Jesus Christ did this willingly so that we would have forgiveness of sin. And out of that forgiveness, Lord, we can have eternal life with you. Our Heavenly Father, we now confess our sins. We ask you to cleanse them from us as you have promised you will do if we confess. And Father, we also ask you to help us to be willing to forgive others just as you have forgiven us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. After supper, Jesus took the bread. He broke it. He said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given 
for you. This do in remembrance of me. I'd like to call on Deacon Ricky Powell to lead us in prayer for the cup. Would you bow your head with me, please? Our most gracious Heavenly Father, there's no better place to be on the 1st of January, 2017, than to be among brothers and sisters in Christ and in your house, to have communion. As we observe the cup, Lord, help us to look back over 2,000 years ago when your Son and our Savior Jesus Christ shed his blood, the Lamb of God, for our sins. And today we are white as snow because of his blood. Help us in this year, dear God, to look to you and to keep looking up for the blessed guarantee that you could come back at any moment. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Jesus said this represents the new covenant in his blood. And then he added the words, This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. New Testament church was a singing church. I think of Wake Chapel as that way. And there is a fitting hymn that has been sung across the years when we conclude the service of communion. It's blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. But like so many things, I often wonder, is this perfunctory? Is the only reason we sing this because... That's what we do quite often at the close of the communion service. Or is it something that's from our hearts and real to say, thinking of the people beside you, in front of you, and behind you, blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. No phony emotionalism, genuine Honest, godlike, Christian love. I sing that hymn with a little bit of trepidation because I'm not sure. And I look in the mirror when I say things like this too. I'm not just looking out this way. I look in the mirror. Blessed be the tie. Something which binds us together in Christian love. That's the church. Anything else is a sham. It's a phony. It's not real. Would you stand? Let's sing that together, please. God bless you. We are dismissed. <laughs>